Welcome to Inside Yorkshire with Susan, bringing you intriguing details about the lives of people here in Yorkshire. So, come on in and join us. Hello, Susan here, Inside Yorkshire. Now, today's episode I'm quite excited about because it's featuring the Folk Group Forum, a band that I've been following for years. They regularly open the Swaledale Festival, and this year they're going to be performing in Wreath on the 23rd of May. Any reference to ticket sales here refer to 2019, when the interview was originally conducted with Jim Jack. So, never fear, you still have the chance to catch them at the festival this May. If you haven't heard them before, you're in for a real treat, because they've given us permission to use some of their music. The hardest part for me was choosing which songs to include. We're starting with a song about the legend of Richmond's little drummer boy. And I'll let Alan Miller's lyrics tell the tale, whilst we follow the beat of his drum. Keep drumming and keep your rhythm true Beat the drum, we will come above you These parting words in Richmond By some soldiers once were said And they echoed round and round In the gallant drummer's head With stories of King Arthur And the promise of reward the soldiers did persuade him when they said with one accord Oh drummer, keep drumming and keep your rhythm true Beat the drum, we will come above you Come above you 
make him stop, there was none could ever say. But at night when all is quiet and the town is all asleep, you may still hear the echo underneath the Richmond street. Oh, drummer, keep drumming and keep your rhythm true. Beat the drum, we will come above you. Today, I'm sitting with someone I've known for rather a long time, um, but not as long as his band's been running. I'm, I'm sitting with Jim Jack, one of the founding members of the Folk Band Forum. Hello there, Jim. Hello. Yes, I, as I say, I've known you a long time, but I understand that the band has actually been running since 1972. That's right, yes. We started uh, in a school in Darlington. There were uh, there was a folk club running, which uh, we took bookings for. We used to take them to various parts of the town. Um, and sadly, the, it got to a point where the, we couldn't find interested pupils to sing, and we had some bookings. So there was Alan Miller, uh, myself, uh, a chap called Bob Hattersley, uh, and a chap called Dave Smith. Sadly, both of them no longer with us. Um, and we thought we'd just do once, we'll fulfil this booking. So it was for Central Towns Women's Guild in Darlington, and we learnt 10 songs. And Bob did a, a, a lovely central spot uh, with impressions. Um, and it went down very well. And that's for an encore. And we didn't have any more to sing. So we sang the first song again. That was about <laughs> it. So it all started from there. We uh, we got invitations to go to other places. And what was intended to be a one-off 48 years on is still sort of struggling on. So you were all colleagues at the same school. Was that's this right. was this Hummersnot, was Hummersnot it? Hummersnot in Darlington, yes. Right, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. And so it it started from, from there. It all started from there, yes. Oh, so that, works, yes. So. Yeah. so you then, um, you had bookings, did you, the four of you? Yes, I mean, to start with, it was it was Towns Women's Guilds, it was churches. Um, I mean, we used to charge £10 and that covered our expenses and that was about it. Um but we we just enjoyed it, and it gave us such a wonderful opportunity to do things uh, that we'd never done. Dave Smith left fairly quickly uh, because he got a senior position in the school, and it, uh, basically he, he didn't think that worked alongside doing what we're doing. Um, so uh, somebody else from the school staff, an English teacher called Tom Cowley, joined us, and then a cricketer that Bob knew called Bob Smedley joined us, so it was five for a while. Um, and we got a few more bookings, but basically the band changed when a chap called Sandy Still joined the staff in 1978. And from there we felt musically we probably improved quite a bit because he's a really, really good musician. So that was when we started getting different sorts of bookings. Yeah. And how many, were there just four of you then at this point? In the main, yes, apart from that little spell where we had five, mm. uh, Tom and Bob went off and did their own music. Um uh, but at the, at the, that from 1978 onwards until Rod Hall joined us in 94, it's always been four 
Hence, right. hence the name yeah. Forum, yeah. yes. Yeah. So that was really where the name came from. The name came because Alan was a Latin teacher. Okay. Uh, and we were trying to work out a, a band name. And, of course, Forum in Latin is a meeting place, a central meeting place. And the sort of music we did was basically a, a sort of meeting of a number of different styles. Mm-hmm. So we chose Forum to start with. And then uh, we decided to stick the U in in the middle, partly because it made it distinctive and different mm-hmm. uh, for the time. Um, and partly because there were also other things around with the word forum in it. Mm. So we we just, we just ran with that name, never expecting we would last as long as we have. No, and I mean, you've got a huge following now, really, haven't you? Well, I don't know. There, 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 <laughs> are, there are people around who seem to enjoy what we do. <laughs> All ages, I think. Uh, All, yes, I think. yeah, yeah. Um, mm. I mean, there's, it's interesting that there is, obviously, there's a core of people who've, who've been with us for quite a long time. But... Um, Malcolm Kreese was saying at the Swaler Festival last year, there's a, a band called the Youngins, who are in their 20s, I think, or 30s, actually said that part of the thing that got them going was hearing our music. Right. So maybe it has had some sort of influence. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> You're handing it on to the next generation then. Not deliberately. It's not... more like an accident or, <laughs> or an infection. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not now, sure quite yeah. which. Yeah. Now, to start with, um, were... The, song, the songs weren't original to start with, Absolutely were not. they? No, no. They, were, they, were, they were traditional, uh, well-known folk songs, the sort mm. of thing that was in people's catalogues there. And then when Streets of London came out, we did that one, but everybody else did it as well. Um, it was only in... About, Alan Miller had started, when he was abroad, doing his classics degree in Greece. He'd written Greek songs in Greek and sang them in Tavernas uh, to make some money to supplement his, his grant while he was away doing his year abroad. And so we said, how about, have you have you written anything? He said, no. So uh, we said, well, how about starting to write some? At that time, he'd been introduced by somebody people in the Dale would know well called Leo McKnight, who lives up at Grinton. Um, Leo, fantastic teacher of modern languages at the school, and he'd invited Alan up to his house for a meal. And Alan was just knocked out by Swaledale. Um, and that was when, from that, he wrote his first... Uh, song about the Dale, uh, just called Swaledale's Song, mm. just what what the Dale meant to him. Uh, and that got him on a sort of run of writing songs based on the legends, the characters, the people of the Dales, um, the industry and that sort of thing. Mm. Alongside him, Bob Hattersley, who was a geographer, got a, a passionate interest in map making. So Bob actually did an awful lot of research as well, passed the ideas on to Alan, and then Alan use that as a basis for uh, writing his own songs. So from that point on, I would say probably 50% of any programme we did uh, uh, was was Dales-based mm. music. Um, and it was something which made what we did quite distinctive and different. And the programme from then on has been a real mix between uh, the Dales stuff and folk-based music, mainly Scottish and Irish stuff, mm. that we like doing. Um, and so that was the core of the programme. Um, and as I said, when Sandy joined us in 78, it broadened our range of things we could do. And it just has given us such a range of opportunities, of, of things to do in life, which mm. we'd never have been able to do if it hadn't been for this. No, and you've, you've been, I mean, I know that you've been, I know now you're regulars at the Swaledale Festival, but you've been all over the place, haven't you? Yeah, um, <laughs> Darlington. <laughs> Not so far away. But you filled the, the Civic at Darlington, oh, well, you were telling me. Yeah, well, this, when, when we were at the school, we, uh, we did, well, first of all, went to the head and said we'd like to raise some money from school funds. 
we fancy trying an LP, a vinyl. So can we can we do an LP for school films? The head was brilliant. He said, yeah, yes, you can do that. So uh, so we, we did an LP, 500 copies, sold a lot. Mm. Uh, whether it was on the music or just people who wanted to uh, support the school, we never know. Uh, and then be through a contact we had at Darling Civic Theatre, we said to the uh, Civic Theatre, would, would we be able to use the theatre for concerts, for school films again? So we got the go-ahead for that, filled that once, filled it twice. Then the Friends of the Civic Theatre asked us if we would uh, do a fundraising concert for them, for seats, so we did that, filled again. Um, there was a top-town competition with Radio Cleveland, as it was then, so we were asked to represent Darlington in that, so uh, so we were in the Civic again. So I think we did about six full house concerts in the... Where do you get that sort of experience? It's not small, is it, really? It's a 600 seat yes. theatre. 599, if one of the eight But um, yeah, just have that experience of being on stage in a professional theatre. Mm. And then the Darlington, you, you mentioned uh, travel. I mean, the Darlington experience, we were then invited to go and represent Darlington as part of a town twidding thing. So we went to Amiens, uh, two years running, and that was a great experience. Sitting out in the streets in, in Amiens, they closed the. Close the, I'd love this to happen in Richmond. You know, close the whole town centre like they did for the Tour of Yorkshire again, uh, the Tour de France, and, and just uh, what was it, Tour de Yorkshire? Sorry, and just to to join yeah, in there, both, and, I would and, think, and yes. just just to empty the mm. marketplace and to to put stands up and have art and music and whatever you know, just a, mm. a real central experience for the town. Amiens did it uh, in the eighties. Just close the whole town centre off. So maybe that's something to aim towards. Them. Well, yeah, <laughs> those ideas. But I mean, yes. this has been the great thing about music. There's been ideas that we've been able to pursue that just as an experience, not to make money or anything like that. Although we have tried to make a bit for cancer research, which mm. we might talk about later. But in the main, it's just where else could we have had this this range of experience to travel? to sing to different types of audiences, do some radio, do some television, and have that all in the in mm. the catalogue of memories as you, as you get caught your dotage. <laughs> and you've gone from um, LP, was that vinyl? L- vinyl, yes. And then yeah. cassette? Yes. You d- yeah, yes. I know you did a cassette. We did a cassette, Making Swaledale. And now it's CDs. CDs. We've more or less sold out with CDs at the moment. Well, I was asking but, yeah, about that. Yeah, yes, yeah. I, have, I have one at home, but I need to locate it. <laughs> <laughs> because I think as well, people lis- listen a lot to a lot of things online now, don't they? Hence, of course, the podcast, which will be online. Yeah, yeah mm. yes. I mean, the, uh, I, one of the sad experiences we had, actually, I suppose, one of the re- revealing experiences was Rod Hall, uh, who's now has been, he's the youngster in the band. He's only been playing with us about 20 years. Um, <laughs> but Rod wrote a lovely song uh, called Christmas Bells. And we did it to raise money for Help for Heroes. And it went on to streaming services and I was shocked and disappointed by the incredibly small amount of money which a performer gets and a writer gets for having their services streamed. Um, I would be wrong to quote it off the top of my head but it is something point zero something of a penny per play. Per play. Now to us it doesn't matter because we're not actually in it for money but for people who are actually trying to make a living out of streamed services alongside the convenience of it. I think a lot of people don't realise that the actual creative genius, creative talent behind a lot of music gets very little reward from the actual streaming. They may get it from publicity that they get mm. from being heard and seen. And but concerts have, and that sort of yes, thing. Absolutely, yes. But the, the core streaming, uh, wherever the money goes, wherever your 79p or whatever you pay for a 
So I, I don't know because I, don't, I deliberately don't go for stream music mm. for that reason because I know that the artists, uh, particularly people who are trying to start out in the industry, get very, very little for every play. Yes. Um, we had about 700 hits on that one. Um, mm. We might have been able to donate about £20, £30. So we'll try and find a way of making that up. Mm. So now when you do concerts, are you doing you doing them for charity fundraising? More or less, mainly? yes. I mean, we, mm. we um, if we go any distance, we do, we do charge for petrol mm. um, and a contribution towards strings. And I mean, again, it gives you this understanding that when somebody gets up and plays, what you forget is the amount of practice time that people must put in to yes. do professional performance mm. and the travel and the hotel bills and all the expenses surrounding it. Mm. So, And all you see on the night is that hour and a half of something mm. Yes. Uh, now again, we love that, but for people trying to make a living out of it, it's yes, it's, uh, not, it's not it's not an that, easy thing. Not no, not at no, all. No. No, no. So you've also been um, you've been in several television programs, haven't you? Um, <laughs> again, it goes back to this business of experiences. I mean, mm. we, we, all, we had all this time in Darlington um, where. We thought, right, what haven't we tried? So we haven't tried television. We could never get on television. And then just after we left, just after I left the area, went to Kendall to work, uh, we were approached by ITV Highway to do a programme there. Um, so we got together to do that. Uh, and then the Dales programme picked us up uh, in 2014. Um, and we did three, there was three programmes where we were on there. Um, and somewhere lurking, somewhere lurking, is um, this? I hope this doesn't sound like self publicity. When I was in Kendall, <laughs> well, that's the idea, isn't no, it? Really? No, no, no. <laughs> but it's quite funny because when I was in Kendall, uh, lovely school, uh, we did a, a thing for the kids on a four of us from the staff, uh, none of the current four hundred. Um, I wrote a song about school rules and school uniform, and that was it. And uh, the head of art came down. He said, "I've had this funny call from the BBC." asking us if we would uh, go on. And he said, I think it's a spoof, but I'm going to ring back. So he rang back and it wasn't a spoof. And on Saturday Superstore, they had a thing called Teacher's Turn. And unbeknown to us, some of the youngsters from Year 7 had written in and we were taken down to London uh, on a Friday night and put up in a hotel in St John's Wood and taken by taxi five o'clock in the morning to get ready for a live performance on... <laughs> BBC television with uh, uh, Sarah Green and uh, oh, what was the other guy called? I've forgotten his name. But mm. Yeah, yeah. So, but you know, what an experience that is! <laughs> yes, just to quite. do it, you know. Yes, uh, uh, yes. Yeah. So yes, but the band has had, um, and Alan's been on. Uh, Luke Casey interviewed Dale's Alan. Dale's Diaries. That's, that's correct. Yes, yes. yes. Luke, uh, Alan had quite a long chat with uh, mm. with Alan about his songwriting and what had inspired him about the deal and what motivated him. And I'm, I'm really good at talking about his mm. uh, his experience and why he did what he did, yeah. Yes, and I mean, very, very talented. Does he do the uh, the lyrics as well as the music? Yeah, yeah. He does the yeah, whole... Yeah. And now your new, your new recently joined 20 Years member, <laughs> yes. Rod, he also writes, doesn't he? He, he writes does. some of the songs that you're singing, does, does yeah. it? Yes, he does. But, but again, you see Rod's, Rod's background. I mean, Rod uh, trained in music. He's probably, alongside Sandy, he's probably the best mm. instrumentalist. And where Rod has an advantage over all of us is that he reads music um, <laughs> <laughs> and writes it as well. Uh, the so, rest of you don't, no? No, no. Not, not at all, no? No, no. I, uh, Sandy and I can manage to read the notes uh, if we're given time. We could, with the sort of people who have been taking piano lessons when we were younger, uh, we would probably look at the notes, learn the piece off by heart, 
and then, then play it, play yes. it, but wouldn't be reading the music, although we'd pretend we were. Mm. Um, but no, Rod, Rod actually, whether he was down south working, he was involved in community music projects, and it's lovely that they've been in touch with with us over the past three years, still remembering Rod's work. One mm. of the projects he he started in the Milton Keynes area is still going, uh, forty years later, right. and it's all researching local area, talking to local people and then writing music uh, as community drama, community theatre. Rod's written some absolutely wonderful stuff before he ever moved into this area. Mm. And then particularly the First World War has interested him and experience of people in this area. And he's written two or three really moving songs about World War I. Um, Different style to Alan. Mm. But uh, lovely songs to perform. And uh, remember, he did one at the Swaledale Festival about a chap from the Hilo area who'd gone to the. Well, it was based on this chap's life. He'd gone to the uh, uh, the front and came back, probably unable to work fully mm. after that. And uh, it was a Swaledale Festival, and he said, "I'll do it if you want." So uh, we hadn't really heard it other than run through it in practice, and he sang it in uh, in the Anglican Church in Low Row. And the sun was streaming in through the window. It was really peaceful. And I actually had to turn around and choke myself back and collect my thoughts before I could introduce the next song. It was just uh, very, very magical. Moving. Magical, uh, yes. but, but, but really um, from the heart and something mm. which really stirred people's emotions and helped to hopefully create some sort of feeling about what people went through 100 years ago, well, families yes. went through, as well as the people who were serving, mm. the people back home, the women who kept the country running yes. you know, all that sort of stuff it was, you know, it, was, um, it was really good so yes, so we're doing more of Rod's new stuff now than Alan's because mm. Alan, I think, I think Alan's exhausted his supply of <laughs> Dale's stories if anybody's got any good Dale stories let us know but, uh, but presumably for um, for the fans you'll have, you will always have some of the, the old material in as well yes it's, it's, it, is, it is quirky because like anything um we still, even though we go this amount of time, we like to try new things mm. within the style that people have become accustomed to. Yes. Uh, but uh, we recognise that people want to hear the stuff they're familiar with as well. Mm. And so we've got to try and mix the programmes around. And we're yes. on the, uh, we do, we've got a Swaledale Festival uh, programme, and that particular programme, we probably two-thirds of the programme will be very specifically... Dale's based. Mm. This year's programme, we're going to focus on people, individuals. So the, all the music we do in the core of the programme will be about individuals in, in the Dales right. and their lives, uh, just to give some sort of theme. Because Alan's written about 40-odd songs. Mm. Rod's written eight or nine. So it's uh, we've got to pick and mm. choose. Just a bit, a bit of a shame on the timing, because I think this episode will go out just after you've done that. But you're sold out anyway, aren't you? Yes, apparently I, we sold out nicely. It sold out very quickly, so mm, uh, um, which is always good. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. I think quite a lot of the the festival um, events, uh, quite a lot are are very popular it's, now. I, I'm delighted for everybody who's involved because mm. uh, I think it's it is a it's, it's a unique occasion for Swale. But what we like to think is people like uh, the the bands ourselves. Mm. Uh, yes, the Swaledale Festival brings people in from outside and exposes us to different types of music and, mm. and uh, poetry and things uh, without having to travel for it. But given the number of visitors, it's also an ideal opportunity for the Dale to show the rest of the country and mm. visitors uh, the sort of things that are happening up here. Definitely. Uh, 
Definitely. So where, what happens next then? Have you got anything else planned for later on in the year? Um, no, it's, it's, I think the, the things that we would still like to do with the music may not be possible. Um, we always fancied going to America. Uh, and performing there because such a lot of people, particularly from Swaledale and Wensleydale, went over to the States in the, uh, um, when the, the mining industry declined mm. and they took their skills and they took their families uh, and they took a risk going across to a strange country. And so you'll probably know that there are place names across there which are lifted directly from the northeast of England and transplanted there. And there are descendants of Dale's families out there so to be able to take the music out to America and to sing it for them mm. uh, we think would be a nice experience for us and hopefully a nice thing for them to do but the cost of doing it and the cost of insuring instruments because we play quite a number of instruments between do, us I think yes. it's a range of about 20, 23, 24 different instruments between us you couldn't actually physically pay or well, you could pay but it cost a lot of money to get all of those out of the states then how do you manage transporting them from venue to venue uh, and how do you know they're going to arrive in one piece uh, you mentioned at the start of the interview that we met before and you'll know mm. that one of the contexts we met in was when i was working at richmond school yes. uh, and there was a music tour of america and they hundred of them went abroad first thing that happened was half the instruments were still in amsterdam and the the band was across in, in the states so they had to hire instruments so the logistics of that probably mm. uh uh, not not on so that that's the main unfulfilled ambition but we've got a book we've got the cds we've got the vinyls we've done the tapes we've been abroad um <laughs> and uh, we've sung around this area mm. uh, and we'll continue to do so i hope as long as as long as our health mm. uh because we're all we're all in our set oh no alan's uh, sandy's under 70 i was going to say he's sandy's the not, yes. he's <laughs> the youngster uh, but the rest of us are all in our 70s now is, is rod Oh yes, Rod's the old man in terms of he's the youngest in terms of experience. Yes, okay. Yes, Rod's a couple of years older than me. Al and I are virtually the same age, mm. uh, so we're all just we're all turned seventy. Um, uh, and there's there's two others. There's obviously physical fitness. There's also how long your voice lasts as well. Mm. Your, your voice hang hangs out because you've got to you've got to be able to keep quality. What one thing we would want to do is I think the phrase is quit while you're up. I think yes. we'd want. Uh, we would never want anybody walking away for a concert saying they were good once. <laughs> I mean, we've got I've, I've never heard, good, I've, but yeah. uh, do you know what I mean? It's, it's it's being able to walk away with a bit of dignity and say we've done our bit. Mm. The thing that keeps us going at the moment is probably the fact that uh, we still enjoy it. And yet you mentioned earlier about charity work. When Bob died in 2010, uh, we decided to, we talked to Jean, his widow, and we decided that um, uh, Bob still carried on in the group. So if we ever get paid anything for singing, 20% of that goes to Bob's share mm. and goes to kidney cancer research. Right. And we also make some extra donations to that as well. Mm. Uh, if we sell a CD set, money from that goes to kidney cancer mm. research. If we sell a book, money goes to kidney cancer research. If we sell a copy of one of Bob's maps, all of that goes to kidney cancer research. He was a geographer, wasn't he? He was a geographer. That's right. And, and, and quite a lot of well. maps I saw on the on the uh, the website. That yes, you've, yeah, yes. Yeah. Meticulous research, meticulously produced, um, and although it's, this is a sound broadcast, you'll be able to see if you look over to your right uh, mm -hmm. a map that Bob gave me uh, of the Corpse Way. 
Ah, uh, right. Which is uh, yes. uh, what uh, one of the maps that he did. Mm. So that that keeps us going because we feel as if in some small way we can make a contribution. And it's not, I think we did it, it I think we've probably through all those, it's probably about fifteen, sixteen thousand oh, pounds. Uh, gone into mm. gone into local kidney cancer mm. research and development work. Uh, so it's it's dropping the. Because it was quite a shock for him. He wasn't that old, was oh, he? Oh dear me, no. I still remember the time he was um, was singing Ravensworth, and his wife said, uh, "Bob, you might Bob's a bit distracted." And they were supposed to be going away on holiday. Mm. It was in October. So away on holiday on the Monday, and she said, "The doctor said, don't go. I need to talk to you." Uh, and he had advanced kidney cancer. Um, had the operation at Christmas, it didn't come through it. So uh, uh, that was a big shaker for us all. Um, and he was so funny. His well, st- he he was so amusing in between the songs. Yeah. So his instrumentally, Bob made the smallest contribution, but in mm. terms of a flow of the program, the stories, the voice that he's singing, he made an immense contribution to Forum. And uh, if anything has changed. In the since Bob went, it's that the nature of the performance has changed. Humor, so, yes, yes. yes. The, uh, that style, uh, mm. um, the presentation is different now. Mm. Um, we always enjoy doing the Georgian theatre because that allows us to use slides as well. And Bob used to be his element when he did the Georgian because he had a, a theatre audience and he mm. could really tell a tale. Could mm. Bob? Um, that that is gone. There are no joke tellers in the band. No, now. but we, we maybe have a more gentle. Smiley, smiling sort of in, inward, smiling sort of presentation. Yes, yes uh, definitely. But uh, uh, keeps it ticking over. Mm, definitely. Yeah. So, would so the the band members now? Then there's you. There's well, there's Alan Miller, mm-hmm. uh, who uh, is uh, basically on guitar mm. and mandolin and banjo. Although he did make a thing called a bowed sultry. A uh, what? A bowed sultry, um, and a dulcimer. Um, right. He built the dust for a night class. Uh, mm. I think his wife thought he was making a wardrobe, but he kept making mistakes, so it finished up as a. <laughs> it got smaller and smaller. It's finished. Up I'm going to need you to spell the first one out because I've no idea what that is. It's a it's a three three stringed instrument. Right. Uh, it dates back to medieval times. Okay. If I tell you, he plays green sleeves on it, it'll give you a rough, <laughs> rough idea of when it dates yes. back to. So Alan does that. Uh, Sandy. Uh, I mean, Sandy could have been a professional musician, to be honest. Mm. He, he plays guitar, mandolin, bazooki. He actually plays flute as well. He's played right. flute on one of the LPs. Um, he plays the banjo. Uh, Rod plays banjo uh, and mandolin and electric bass in the band. But he can also play the violin, the harmonica. Um, he can, as I say, he plays, he plays banjo as well. Um, virtually any stringed instrument mm. he can pick up and play. Uh, I sort of play guitar, uh, picked up the mandolin. I've got an accordion which I can work a few tunes on, um, and I've, I've started learning Northumbrian pipes, but that's hit a bit of a wall at the moment. Right. Uh, and I do a bit of percussion since Bob mm. died as well. So, um, but yeah, it's it's just we try and mix the sound around, we try mm. and mix the harmonies around, we try and make the program interesting. Uh, we probably go on longer than we should. That's because we're enjoying ourselves. Uh, but um, I'm sure the audience appreciate it, though. Well, as long as the seats aren't too hard and the doors are locked, it seems to keep. <laughs> well, the seats in the Georgian theatre are still not that comfortable, yeah. are they? Oh, I love the Georgian. I have always said, and I hope nobody from the Georgian takes except this: you go once to the Georgian to for the experience of the Georgian. After that, 
uh, you've got to want to support the Georgian yes. or really see what's going or on see there. What it but is, I, mean, yes. I think they're doing a smashing job in recreating mm. it and uh, and also trying to make it as comfortable as possible. I think there's more plans to make it even more comfortable in the future. Mm. But uh, yeah, I think at one time it used to be take a cushion with you. Yes. <laughs> well, of course, in the old days you couldn't even sit in there, could you? It was no. 400 no. in there, standing room. Or standing, uh, yes. Yeah. No. We're fortunate place. to have it in the town. It's, it's, it's great. We love, we love performing the Georgian. Mm. So if I'd, I'd just like to say the website is actually forumfolk.co.uk, spelled F-O-U-R-U-M-F-O-L-K.co.uk. You were explaining to me the reason why it's not just forum. Yeah, it was an accident. There is, there is a, uh, a barbershop group in Lincolnshire, I think it is, or South Yorkshire, called Forum. It's spelled exactly the same way. And uh, we got in touch with them and uh, said, so you called for them and said, yes, we've been going for 25 years. So I had to point out we've been going for about 40. So they, <laughs> they gave us. A, but uh, ITV started talking about us as Forum Folk on the Dales programme. So we decided to adopt that as for our website just to differentiate mm. it. Yeah. Yes. No, that's that's good. Well, I'd just like to say thank you very much, Jim. That's well, thanks been, for your interest. Uh, thank you. Yes. And um, you're going to let me have some music so that I can put it on. Yes. Just to give some dates for forthcoming performances, we've got the 15th of February, 7 o'clock at All Saints Church Hall, Salutation Road in Darlington. Then the 21st of March, Hummersnot School in Darlington. Um, there's a provisional venue with full details on the website in February or on the Facebook page March for March or April, a date in West Burton, which still needs to be confirmed. Then, of course, as we said earlier, the 23rd of May, Reef Village Hall, four o'clock, the beginning of Swaledale Festival. So instead of playing out to the usual music, today we're going to play out to the Swaledale song. So listen to Forum. <laughs> Driving down to Richmond, see her castle perched on high, where knights in shining armor once stood in days gone by. And the monks in East Abbey prayed to the water sound. Now the monks have gone, the river flows on by the abbey's holy ground. So flow, river, flow, wind your gentle way. I love the dale, I love the swale, in swale dale I will stay. Heading on out westwards towards the river's source, to the parish church at Brinton, lying close to the river's course. Short climb up the hillside to reach once busy green, where the men of the dales they made their sails and the lead miners were seen. So flow, river, flow, wind your gentle way. I love the dale, I love the swaling swale dale. I will stay. He Keld and Muker, low row and gunner side. Time can never change them, nor age their beauty high. 
Simple dalesmen's houses lying dotted all around. They are part of the dale, they belong to the swale, to the river, they are bound. So flow, river, flow, wind your gentle way. I love the day, I love the swale, in swale day I will stay. I can see her in the springtime, her blossom everywhere. I can see her in the summer and breathe her warm fresh air. See her in the autumn when her colours all do change. And when the snow does fall, I can hear her call, her beauty still remains. So flow, river, flow, wind your gentle way. I love the dale, I love the swale, in swale then I will stay. So flow, river, flow, wind your gentle way. I love the dale, I love the swale in swale.